Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Second hour is here of OutKick 360. Armando Salguero will be here with us in 20 minutes. We're broadcasting from 6th and Peabody. With Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, we've got some headlines. Davo Sweeney, 10 years, 115 million. Comes on the hills of our discussion about the future of Clemson. Yeah, when I saw this, I immediately thought of what Chad said yesterday in the game. Not the game on the field, but the structure of the game off the field passing him by. And I was thinking, well, in 10 years, it's going to be, you know, a bullet train across the country past him. And will he even want to be in it if, if, if the changes around the game continue? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and within that 10-year structure, he'll get another extension. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, and tack on. Maybe two more. <laughs> Possibly. He, he's going to come back, win the ACC this year, and the next year they're going to announce a new I, five-year addition I to think that they can do more damage if they made a quarterback change right now. I do, too. Nationally. Playoff, the whole thing. And uh, maybe it's coming sooner rather than later. I mean, if they if they made the full time quarterback change right now, they are the clear favorite in the ACC. The ACC. Surely they I have believe. a softball coming now. I, I'm going to look for their schedule. Anybody know it off the top of their yeah, head? Yeah, they do. This week they do. Um, and then then they're going to start ACC play, I believe. But they they uh, now would be a good time to split the reps. Furman, <laughs> Furman. Right? You're gonna you're gonna see a lot of Klubnik in this game. Furman, the backup, Louisiana but, uh, Tech, and then Wake. I would say then not just NC when State. the backups come in. Go ahead and maybe second series, get him a look with the first team in this game, and let's let's start to roll that out. But so, I mean, let, let's be honest. The schedule's not bad as at all. Hmm. Furman, Louisiana Tech, Wake, NC State, Boston College. They play at NC State is going to be the tough one. Well, I think it's home. Is it? I think I think it's on the road. I remember Clemson's looking for that with my ACC October first, second on October first, October first. Yeah, keep in mind, our, our discussion on Clemson is not about whether or not they're the ACC championship-level caliber program. Yeah. We're talking national if, championship. If they meet their standard of recent years. where they were over the last decade, it was them and Alabama and no one else. Ohio State was a close third. But win percentage and, and who was playing for titles, it was Clemson and, and Bama. Yeah, they were beating each other. Their big threats should be Miami and and – and uh, maybe Florida State. And uh, Paul, you are correct. They are. They do get NC State at home and NC too. State. They get them at home. They play and at Florida State. NC State, who beat them last year. You made me question myself for a second. Wait, wait. Are they writing well, these up like soccer games? Pittsburgh. Now? Pittsburgh won the uh, the the one year hiatus that Clemson took from winning the ACC. Pittsburgh won the conference last year. Uh, I think Pittsburgh may be in the mix again this year, depending on what happens at quarterback with Clemson and what happens with NC State. So it's. It's. I mean, that's second behind the SEC with top 25 teams. It's going to be a fun conference to follow this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Orgeron's following college football from afar, uh, and he's happy to take that buyout money, Jeff. 
Yeah, so I think we have the the video and audio of this from Ed Ogeron. This was at the, uh, I believe, the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Yeah, touchdown Club things. or Quarterback Club or QB something. QB Club, Touchdown Club, Civitan Columbus. Club. One of those. It was a gathering of a lot of men in a room that Ed Ogeron was talking to in sort of a was there a translator interview type <laughs> format. You know, sit down, talk about your career, talk about your life in football. And here's what Ed Orgeron had to say about his dismissal at LSU. Coaches got a shelf. Some coaches got 50 years. Some coaches got 12. Mine was six. Good. <laughs> I got to tell you, we had a meeting. Hey, coach, things are not going well. <laughs> Ray Charles can see that, brother. <laughs> and they were good. And, and Scott Woodward is a friend of mine today. Really, really, a lot of respect for the way they handled me. So and what's the, next? Well, well, I got to tell, tell you this, though. Say, coach, you got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door do you want me out of, brother? <laughs> the buyout money is insane in college Look, football. Look, I, I just, the uh, everything inside of me hates the fact that you get paid for failure in anything. And after the national championship, I get that he got that buyout in large part because he won a national championship and LSU fans would not trade that for anything that year with Joe Burrow and a national title. But to brag about making $17 million to walk out the door because you had an utter failure of a season and to laugh about it really bothers me if I'm an LSU fan. Also, he's a very, look, a lot of coaches... I, I'm with you 100%. A lot of coaches are very attractive candidates for other places. But once you reach a certain level, it would be a somewhat lateral move. And he was a very Louisiana coach. So who's coming to get Ed Ogeron? Who, what, what are you afraid of, of no being one. bought out by? I don't remember a single rumor of him leaving for another job when he was at LSU. And every big again? coach. But there was no yeah, need to leave. Yeah. Right. So why do you have to put in that? And that's the thing. Is, and it's, a good, it's good agenting by his agent to get that buyout money. And then LSU, hey, my buddy Scott Woodward was the AD. He's like, hey, we're not going to fight any of it. Just go ahead. Right. We're going to pay you all this. But that's He's like, firing Great. protection, not buyout protection. I am, I am fine with a school paying a coach to coach when they're having success. And if you want to pay them more because they've had success and they're doing a good job, great. Pay them all that. I want real-life stakes for guys who fail, not just a, a safety net of $17 million. Uh, you I make want it? them to take a pay cut. I, I want Ed Ogeron, who made a ton of money to coach at LSU and is going to be fine financially forever. Either way. I want him to, if he gets fired and has to go coach as a you know offensive line coach or defensive line coach somewhere and recruiting coordinator, he's going to have to take a big pay cut and not have $17 million to fall back on because he failed. And this is Mr. Raging Cajun himself. Mr. Born on the Bayou, Louisiana born and bred type guy, laughing at LSU's failure under his leadership. And the fact that he was asked to leave and said, Which door? What, what, can I unlock the door? What do you want me to close up on the way out? I mean, I get that it's a joke, and he does sound funny while he's delivering the line, but... Again, I'm speaking. I'm not an LSU fan. I'm speaking on behalf of LSU fans. That would piss me off if I was an LSU season ticket holder, alum, someone who bought in, invested with Ed Orgeron. Great. Thanks for the national title. But let's not sit and joke about the $17.1 million that our school handed out to you. 
Well, and the, by the way, in the midst of him. an NCAA investigation. It's a system that's bigger than him, too. I mean, that, what, him and what, him. what the, the joke to me is the fact that they put these buyouts in and the vast majority, it's not just the SEC, but I mean, the, the SEC eats their own. The fan bases do. The, the schools are totally fine paying this type of money to get rid of you. Yeah, I, I hate it. Within three years. You, you can sign a contract within three. Two years after a national t- championship at LSU, they're going to pay you $17 million to not coach there. I would laugh too. All the way to the bank. Well, it's it's. I hope that if one good thing comes out of this statement and the the publicity it's getting, I hope that it makes these athletic departments think twice about it and say we don't want to be the next laughing stock because we agree that we're going to be held hostage by someone and give everything yeah. the agent wants. But the problem in a, is in a so let's use Auburn as the example. You know they're not firing their coach last year because of the buyout money, right? Well, if they're not going to offer it to the next coach that they want, and hypothetically, who would be a good name to throw out there? Like anyone from uh, the, the, the group of five. Well, if you're waiting on your Power Five job and Auburn comes open and they're not going to give you the guarantees and the buyout money, you just wait another year because there's going to be another AD that's going to hand it out to you. Um, the, I mean, the money that... Uh, I mean, LSU's paying the $17 million. They turn around and pay Brian Kelly to leave Notre Dame. To join yeah, them. so it's a double whammy. As bad well, as they, this they, is, they don't really, they don't. They the don't money to them is is no, it's no, no big deal. As um, bad as, unless a player asks for it. As bad as this is, at least they got a national championship out of it. Dan Mullen right. got a, an extension right. six months before he was out, right. and they paid him twelve million dollars to leave, and he's on TV now. Yeah, I mean, and he doesn't have a national championship delivered to, to I, the school I, that paid him the 12. So uh, in your example, Dan Mullen really is, is, is the, you know, the, the extreme because he didn't deliver anything. Well, and at least when Tennessee fired their failure of a coach, they found a way not to pay him the big buyout. Yeah, to sue him. And he well, agreed to a contract extension right before that season with Philip Fulmer and then got fired and had a big buyout, but – Tennessee found a way to not pay it yeah, because no of things that he extend. had done. No reason to extend there. The extensions just, we've agreed are far too common also. I, yes. I, I would love for just a, a – it would take two or three big programs, like an LSU, just to call the agent's bluff and say, go. If someone else is going to give you that much in a buyout, go. We'll be just fine. We'll go hire some. We'll go hire Brian Kelly. We'll go hire another great coach to come to LSU. We're going to pay them a ton of money. And we'll continue paying them a ton of money as long as they're winning and doing LSU-type things. But the principle or lack thereof of paying someone because they failed. Here, Jonathan Hutton, I hired you at LSU to win. You won some. Now it's hit rock bottom. I'm going to pay you $17 million to walk away because of this disastrous season. I can't stand it. And I can't stand it even more when the coach is laughing at it. I hope that this laughter, though echoes through some athletic department buildings to where they come back and say, okay, we're not doing it anymore. But it won't. Yeah, it won't because some, the threat of someone doing it. There's always that in the back of your mind. Well, if I don't do it, someone else will, and we're going to lose this coach we really like because we're not going to give them that. In 2020, this is from USA Today, in 2020, 33 FBS head coaches had eight-figure buyouts. Nine of those were in the SEC. So at least the big money buyouts are at the top of the top level. But, I mean, still, 33 coaches. And we're talking about a, a sport of college football where three of the four 
college football playoff contenders are already predetermined. Not this year, next year. Next year, I'll go ahead and put money down for Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State right now. Those three coaches deserve the top of buyout money we're talking about. And then you have someone break down the door like Orgeron. They give you the extension, and then two years later, you're not wanted. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Now, I'll also say, when you give someone a buyout like that, the last thing you're thinking of is about firing the person without cause. I mean, he gets that on the backs of a national championship. Right. It's also, I say this jokingly, it's a real credit to Ed Orgeron that it fell apart that quickly, that he's fired less than two years this- after that national championship. Because no AD is expecting that fresh off a national but title this should be the with cautionary top recruiting tale. classes coming in. This should be the cautionary tale. And Mullen. You know, Mullen was everybody's choice as a great hire that year. Tennessee wanted him, right? Everybody wanted him. We all thought it was a great hire. He goes and, and falls. And he got an extension. Got an extension. And it goes south. So it's just a lesson. Well, like, if he, you give these he got monsters, an extension, it wasn't like he sucked when they gave him the extension. No, I know. But it goes to show you how they fast just gave it to him right before the season started. South, right, right before the death knoll season. Yeah, right. But it, it shows you tread cautiously. But you can't tread cautiously because nobody else is treading cautiously. Well, they are. But I mean, Hutton's got the stats right there. It's the SEC coaches that the, the fear is. If I Another don't. SEC school is going to grab my grab coach. Or I guess if you're one of the ones not in the SEC, that the SEC is going to come take my coach out of this conference That's, and give them the buyout money. Yeah, you have to have a really good AD who knows, like you, you said, the threat there. Go, go ahead. I'll hire another excellent coach. But how many ADs of that caliber are there and how many of their support staffs well, in terms of university presidents and boosters – would would it, be content with you doing the that. big issue? It's it, they're not an owner, right? No. So it's not their money. So if they can go convince the president that hey, this is the cost of doing business, they don't care because it helps preserve their job. Yeah. Because the optics of it would be the AD failed because the coach left. Couldn't maintain. Right. So now Couldn't you're make them happen. now you're about to be on the chopping block, and your buyout's not as much as that head coach. So it's self-preservation. Yeah, you're very replaceable. If I can go to the university and I can show all the money the football team makes and they're going to give me $17 million in a buyout, what do you care? It's not your personal estate. You know, if uh, Amy Adams Strunk, you go to her, well, that's her money if she's negotiating the contract through her people, right? So it's just a, the whole system's completely out of whack is the, is the problem. When you look at some of these programs that have paid so much in buyouts, to coaches who have not gotten the job done. It's ridiculous. I'm scanning through uh, Dabo's new extension, trying to find the buyout if they fire him. Which, again... He's got a ton of incentives, It I've, I've sounds noticed. ridiculous to say that, but it sounded ridiculous whenever Ed Orgeron signed it's, it. Oh, it's not, it's, to it's me, it's not ridiculous too. at all. Um, uh, the only thing I see is that the, the buyout for the school hiring him increases if it's Alabama. Like one and a half times whatever the buyout money is. Here we go. If Clemson were to fire Sweeney with cause, um, the school owes him nothing. And if Clemson fires Sweeney without cause, right now it's sixty-four million. Gosh. Twenty twenty-five <laughs> is sixty million. Twenty twenty-six is fifty-seven. It's not million. going down that much. Fifty-seven million dollar buyout in twenty twenty-six for Dabo, and the remainder of the contract, which if he makes it to twenty twenty-six. They're going to extend him again. 
the remainder of the contract, which is five years after 2026, is just the remainder of total compensation on the contract. So it's a fully guaranteed deal. Yeah. That's r- remarkable. It's If he's fired. I mean, this is a 10-year commitment. Like, this is not some you know, NFL yeah, deal yeah. where it's like, oh, well, after three years, they're clear of it. No, this is, this is a 10-year commitment. But with Dabo, I mean, if you're going to make a decade-long commitment – yeah, to a coach, I'm I'm fine with that. I get it. If I'm Clemson, now I also we discussed it, Paul. You mentioned it also. Not in love necessarily with some of the comments from Dabo, thinking he's a guy that's going to adapt to an ever changing college football landscape. He could be set in his ways, and that may not benefit him in a year or two. We'll see. Recruiting's going okay right now. Recruiting, they're still going to be top ten nationally in recruiting this year. So whatever he's doing is working. So for for I mentioned the Bama buyout. If he leaves for Bama in twenty twenty five, the buyout for him is six million, which again chump change. Um, it's four million if he leaves for anything else. Any other school would pay the four million dollar buyout of the contract. But if he if he stays until twenty thirty one, there is no uh, Bama buyout. Yeah, there you go. Twenty thirty one. Crazy. Um, the buyout for. Stetson Bennett in NIL, according to On3, is over a million dollars this year. Is what he's scheduled to make or predicted to make. I love that he signed a, a deal with the AARP. Yeah. As uh, just kind of an older guy that's been at different places, an older college football player. That's, that's smart marketing by both. So they, they, he brought in an additional 238000 His total is 937000 on name, image, likeness for 2022 for uh, Stetson Bennett who started the season in a fantastic way over Oregon. I would love to see where the odds went for him winning the Heisman after that first game. I mean, it had to skyrocket up to him to put him in the top five, top ten nationally for Heisman Trophy, where he probably wasn't in that to open the season. Oh, he wasn't even mentioned. No. Even as the he returning championship quarterback. I wrote a column about that. Like, yeah. The storyline was kind of buried, but we have a returning champion at quarterback that no one really feels is worthy of uh, well, conversation. Two, I thought it was the storyline going into the year. Two His guys, eyes. two guys helped their chances in Week One more than anyone else, and it's it's two quarterbacks in the SEC: Stetson Bennett, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson had something in that game that is the highlight moment too, with the spin move, pump fake, yeah, on the two point conversion that you're going to see on every highlight reel the remainder of the season. Their odds go up. But what are the chances in either of your minds that it's not one of the two favorites in New York stepping to the stage? I do think that there's um, there's a good bit of fatigue with Heisman voters with someone. I think that hurts Bryce Young going back to back. I th- I think it affected Peyton Manning not winning it. I definitely with did. the hype train around Peyton definitely Manning. I, I think it's affected some others in the past that have won it and had a chance to win it. Again, so we'll see. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that they're going into it saying oh, I'm just not going to vote for this guy a second time, but I think that can hurt you because you get enamored with something new. So there's going to be other guys having monstrous seasons this year that the media hype train will get squarely behind. Week one is here for the NFL. Kickoff is tonight between the Bills and the Rams. Armando Salguero previews that game and week one with us. The big storylines. To get you ready for kickoff is next to Now Kick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Week one kicks off tonight. Bills at Rams. And then we're straight into week one this weekend across the NFL. Outkick 360 rolls on with Armando Salguero now from Outkick.com. Football is back tonight. Armando, are you on the Bills train like I am and many of America? Woo! woo! Yeah! <laughs> Go Bills Mafia, right? <laughs> Chugga, 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 chugga. That's my train impersonation in case you guys weren't aware. It was perfect. It was we'll perfect. Get you a, we'll get you a table to jump through next week. Yeah, hide the table and the lighter fluid if the Bills win the Super Bowl for the first time. <laughs> yes. Uh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, from a, a, a Buffalo standpoint, are they one of the easiest predictions you've, you've had to go through? I, I, I'm thinking, I'm going through my mind of, Okay, which team do I think is built to win different ways in January? And without a doubt for me, it's Buffalo. Actually, as far as easy predictions, actually, um, my first year covering the NFL, the 1974 Dolphins <laughs> were pretty – or 73 Dolphins 73. were pretty easy. Yeah, they were coming off the perfect season. And, and you know, so I decided to go with them for my outkick uh, 360 prediction column that year. Um, look, the bills are pretty complete. Can we agree on that? Yes. Um, Tredavious white being, uh, on PUP concerns me because, uh, it, I'm not thrilled by what I saw from that secondary in the playoffs last year. If you'll recall, uh, the quarterback, Josh Allen, threw nine touchdowns without an interception and was scoring on basically every possession and still got bounced from the playoffs. Why? Because the other quarterback was also throwing touchdowns <laughs> on every possession and, uh, you know, did so with 13 seconds to play. So I I'm not thrilled about their secondary until White comes back. And they do have um, a new offensive coordinator and a different way of approaching things in that regard. And 
that's, you know, something that they've got to resolve as well. Armando, am I wrong to be weirded out about the Rams' chances this year based on the elbow stuff going on with Matthew Stafford this offseason and, and talk of that? I know he's saying, I'm 100%, I'm fully ready to go, but there's something about this that gives me cause for concern with the health of that elbow this season. So, you know, what's interesting, Chad, is <laughs> we didn't know what we didn't know last year. This was a situation that he was dealing with last year when they won the Super Bowl. And so he was managing it last year without the surgery. He had surgery this year, and now he's saying that it's way better post-surgery. So if it's if it gives you pause, then, you know, last year should have given us all way more pause. The only problem was we were not aware that he was having those issues and he's, they still won the Super Bowl. I would think the pause with the Rams is, um, you know, their offensive line doesn't look quite as sturdy. Uh, they they went out and got an amazing pass rusher late in the season and Von Miller last year. And that's how that defense became elite late in the year because Aaron Donald and Von Miller, who are you going to block? Oh, the answer was nobody if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, Von Miller is not just going to show up in November this year. Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. does again, but tell me who their new Von Miller is going to be. So, um, on the captaincy front, Trey Lance did not make the cut in San Francisco. He kind of did make the cut, according to Coach, uh, but he kept it at six instead of going to seven or eight. Very convenient for him to be able to manipulate it. Look, I, a lot of people say, well, this is the clearest uh, indication they're not all in on Trey Lance because they don't want to be in a situation where he's the captain and they give it back to Jimmy Garoppolo. On the other hand, I watched Marcus Mariota go to midfield for, for the coin toss after Ryan Tannehill took over, and I thought it was an incredibly awkward thing for him to remain the captain after he was no longer the quarterback. So I, I wonder where you come down on, on this. I, I think it has to be organic, Paul. And let's face it, Trey Lance is, what, 23, 24 years old, 23 years old? And on a veteran roster that is Super Bowl-ready by all accounts, Otherwise, except for maybe Trey Lance, uh, I'm, I would be comfortable with going with the Super Bowl-ready roster guys rather than the developmental quarterback, which, let's face it, that's what he is. He is a developmental quarterback. He's not arrived. He's not proven anything. He has to improve. Things are, are worrisome about him, such as his eye level when there's pressure. So the fact that is this guy going to be the guy that's breaking the team down beforehand? No, because, you know, guys are going to – Fred Warner is going to look at him like, are you serious? Really? Are you serious? And so I, I don't have a problem with it. He shouldn't be a captain, to be honest with you. Armando Salguero, our guest on Outkick 360, joins us each Thursday at this time. We know there's pressure on the, the, the leadership for the Indianapolis Colts. 
Chris Ballard, head coach Frank Reich. They extended their contracts this offseason through 2026, but we know where the blame was placed. It's on Carson Wentz. And now the question is, was it really all about Carson Wentz? Or are there other problems beneath the surface that will eventually show itself in a prove-it type year for Indy? I know they opened on the road at, at Houston, but point being, it was intriguing offseason. Um, you know, they, they didn't address wide receiver heavily. They didn't address tight end heavily. Um, it's an interesting way to go about putting stars around Matt Ryan, who they were able to acquire in a trade, and it's not like they don't have cap room. So on the site at outkick.com, uh, we've just posted our 2022 division winners and their, you know, the whole standings for the 2022 season. You can all now go under a rock, go to sleep, wake up in February and know, still know that that is what happened right. because we're that good, right? Um, I picked the Colts to win it all, Jonathan. Uh, win it all in the division. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. I was like, wait, that's news alert right there. Win it all, huh? That's big. I I feel like the majority of those following the league are are picking the Colts again. And um, with the addition of Ryan, I I understand it. But I also look around him, and, I mean, unless this is a run-first team, I don't think they improve all that much. They're a run-first team. They've got the best, arguably the best running back in the NFL. And they've got a very good offensive line. And, you know, they've got a 37-year-old quarterback that they want to keep healthy. So they need to be a run-first team. Yep. Uh, you, what you mentioned before, as far as the, the focus being on Ballard and Reich, that's a, that's a two-pronged thing because in Washington, Carson Wentz is – going to be playing for the Washington commanders. If he performs, then what do the commit, what did the commanders know that the Indianapolis Colts with Frank Wright, who really helped Carson Wentz author his only good season didn't know. It's going to be interesting. My guess is that Matt Ryan's going to be pretty good for the Indianapolis Colts. I like, I'm very bullish on Matt. Ryan, I've I've always been bullish on that. I like Ryan. him. I like him too. Yeah. I just I I don't understand why you bring him in, but don't bring in more pieces. I, I, Alec Pierce is fine, and they you know they've they've got Pittman. They had that last year, and they also had a head coach calling you know an offense that was not run first. So unless they change that dynamic. I don't know if they actually improved the way that everyone expected. And when did Matt Pryor get to be such a good left tackle? Everybody talks about their offensive line. I don't don't know that Matt Pryor is a special player on that offensive line. It's a unit, Paul. It's a unit. (laughs) The left left tackle is the most important player on the unit. And uh, in their instance, Uh, he might be the weakest player on the line. uh, I thought, you know, that's interesting. Um, But it's a unit. We're yeah. we're the best five. We're not the best one. Armando, I'm looking at your predictions right now at Outkick.com. Uh, you agree not with me you. that the Chiefs will win the AFC West. So, in doing so, I think you're saying that they've they've got the loss of Tyreek Hill under control with who they brought in and how Patrick Mahomes is going to spread the wealth. 
Or are you saying even with that loss in their offense, they're still the best team in the AFC West? So the loss of Tyreek Hill happened last year. And what I mean by that is teams decided, wow, Tyreek Hill's really, really, really fast, and we can't cover him. And we especially hate it when he destroys and roasts our secondary deep. So we're going to play cover two every single game, most every single down, and we're going to eliminate the deep pass to Tyreek Hill from their offense. And that's what frustrated the Chiefs, if you'll remember, all the gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands that they had early on in the season. It was because of that. Because all of a sudden, they had to be a patient team that threw underneath and ran the ball, and they didn't like that. So that was something that that they felt last year. And I think that this year, what they're going to do without Tyreek Hill and what the, you know, what I guess what their cast tells them to do is spread the wealth. You know, let Kelsey be Kelsey, shoot, you know, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, these guys are going to be you know, all be in the plan and it's not all about the one speedster. Who do you think's drafting first next year? Your write-up of the Bears isn't very positive. I'm wondering if uh, if you think they're a candidate for the number one pick. They're a candidate. Um, I don't like their left tackle. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Paul. Um, look, I'm not going to mess with you i don't i don't have any clue who's going to be the number one pick next year and that's not really uh something that i have any expertise about even when i do study it out so it's if they have the first pick i will say this chances would be good if the chicago bears have the first pick that the first pick will be for sale because generally the first pick goes for a quarterback and the Chicago bears have one that they picked, you know, last year or the year before. Uh, and what they need is more talent all up and down the roster. The way to get that is to get multiple first round picks for your number one overall pick. What do you expect to see whenever Mike McDaniel makes his debut Sunday as the head coach of the Dolphins hosting the New England Patriots who apparently moved to South Beach on Tuesday after uh, a two and seven uh, trip to Miami in, in past games they're there to get acclimated to the humidity and everything else um, there are a lot of question marks with New England I know you have them third in the division and there are a lot of question marks with Miami based on their coaching staff there's a lot of question marks with both of these teams. I wanted to pick the Patriots last in that division, but I couldn't bring myself to doing it because the Jets, you know, they're they're just not Flacco, there yet. The Flacco Jets for the first month. The Jets could be 0-7. Uh, they, they play seven consecutive weeks against playoff caliber teams. Uh, and then the next week is, I think, against Cleveland which I don't mm. consider playoff caliber with Jacoby Brissett. So they're going to be awful. The Patriots have offensive 
line issues. They because now they're a outside zone team that's never really been an outside zone team. They have outside playmaker issues because they have no real speed out there, no accomplished players out there. Um, they have coaching issues, possibly. Their quarterback coach has never been a quarterback coach. He's been a head coach in the NFL with the Giants, never been a quarterback coach. Their offensive coordinator and play caller has never been an offensive play caller and coordinator. Been a head coach in the NFL, Matt Patricia. How'd that go? But, you know, never been an offensive coordinator. So, and you surround all of this around Mac Jones. It's okay. I mean, I know everybody loved Mac Jones. And forgive me if I'm offending anyone on the show who loves Mac Jones. Um, but I just think Mac Jones is okay. And that all of that is a long-winded gas bag way of saying Bill Belichick was a better coach when he had Tom Brady. How's that for a, a great take for you? Armando, your first time ever drafting a fantasy football team was the other night. How do you think you performed in the, in the outkick draft? Uh, I performed great, Chad, but when I, I wasn't being able to figure out how to pick the guys, the auto-drafter performed terribly. And so uh, I would say I've made the actual first three picks, and then I couldn't – I was hitting buttons and guys were not popping into the draft that I wanted to be drafted. And that's how you end up picking the Colts defense when you want New Orleans defense. Pop up Colts. That's uh yeah, well, I, I just I'm an idiot. How's that? How's <laughs> well, that I thought you were gonna tell us it was it was funny too, because I guess of a similar generation. Dan Dockich at one point was just typing in the name of a player in the chat. I just saw Joe Mixon <laughs> come from him. And then I'd see, okay, how do we make the pick? And people were saying you hit the green plus. <laughs> Sign next to the name. You don't just type the name of the person in the chat when it's your time. But I died laughing just seeing Joe Mixon appear on the screen in the chat. I'm thinking, is this open for discussion? Oh, he's trying to make a pick right now and doesn't know how <laughs> It would to. have been a bad pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with I'm a moron and, and just stick with that and take my lumps and, you know, let you guys abuse me if you must. And I'm sure you must. So that's fine, but I got Joey Burrow with my number one pick, and I think he's going to be okay. Armando Salguero, always better than okay with us each and every Thursday here on the show. Enjoy week one. We can't wait to, to recap it and then preview uh, the, the rest of the NFL season with you next week. All these judgments will be made after week one where all these bad teams somehow pull an upset and then you know go on the Ken Wisenhut path of going – Two, two wins and pink slip. So here we go. Buckle up. Thanks, Armando. Take care. Thank you. Armando Salguero. Follow him. It's very simple. Just uh, search out the name on Twitter and uh, search him out on outkick.com as well. Coming up, we dive back into some of the headlines and uh, we'll discuss the, the coaches who could, could be getting pink slips down the road uh, as the season kicks off. A pretty big one on the national stage on Sunday night. That's next on Outkick 360. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bet $5, get $200 instantly for all new DraftKings users. You've got to be 21 years or older. And this is for first-time DraftKings Sportsbook customers only. Make a deposit of at least 5 bucks in your Sportsbook account. Then place a wager of at least $5 on NFL or college football games between now and Week 2. And Week 2 of the NFL season, of course. That's September 19th. And by doing that, it's $200 instantly in your account. In addition, if you're like Paul, in, in addition to winning your bet, you're going to get your win just like Paul would on top of the $200 wager once it settles. And for tonight, you have the up seven offer at DraftKings. Thursday night football tonight, Bills and Rams week one. Pick your team to go up a touchdown and you get paid immediately. Either team. And so when your money line, with your money line bet, if your team goes up by seven, even if they lose, you're going to get paid because you win. Bills-Rams up seven early win at DraftKings and the DraftKings app. I would imagine they both lead by seven at some go. point tonight, wouldn't you guys? And, um, you know, do that one tonight. Hutton and I are going to have some good uh, picks for you tomorrow as well on the NFL weekend. Yeah, so tomorrow we're going to be outside in the beer garden here at 6th and Peabody ready for a great tailgate scene to get ready for week one. Uh, on Sunday. Let's bring some be a blast. Uh, How's that forecast? Ice looking? packs. Yeah, that's that? exactly Overcast. what I thought. We were sweating it out. I'm immediately no, uh, uh, looking at them. It's like, not bad. Uh, it's not bad. Last yeah, week. It's going to be uh, cloudy, which is going to be a huge savior. Huge 62 for fun. a low, 87 for a high. We can do that. That 87 Come gets join hotter us outside, than you think. baby. It's not going right. to be any sun right in our face. I'm not going to be oily right. and shiny. It's going to be awesome. I think that's a massive prediction. 87 could be pretty moist for us out there. Yeah, today. it could be. But if the if the cloud cover that I'm seeing, Paul, yeah. that's that's the key. When we got a little cloud cover, it was fine last Friday. It's when the sun is out and blaring that it gets you. I'll say yesterday I saw a good forecast. I wore jeans to practice, and it was a miserable <laughs> fail. I'm always just uh, this time of year. I just decide to be pleasantly happens. surprised when the weather's nice. Like yeah. I never am expecting it. Then I'm like, oh, it kind of feels like a fall day outside. There this were is a great. couple times last year during the Outkick the Tailgate tour where I was wanting it to feel like fall on like a fall Saturday, and you know, sweating in, well, you, and, in November. And then you had one that felt like a winter. Oh, uh, we had. Uh, I feel like we had a season of extremes. It was yeah, either 95 well, was no fall. or 38. Yeah. We skipped fall. Yeah, it was, fall and it was cold are, quickly. Uh, Fall and spring are in trouble. So at DraftKings, you can uh, wager on uh, first coach fired and hot seat rankings. Mike McCarthy is right there at number one. The only uh, reason I don't... Is he, is he the coach in 2023? No. But the only reason I see him not uh, making it through this season is because uh, Jerry's turned a little nicer. Uh, Sean Payton's not coming in the middle of the season. I don't. I haven't looked closely at the assistant coach list, but who's his pet on on there, and how much better is it going to get under a McCarthy yeah. assistant, a McCarthy chosen assistant? They well, I I get the sense it is it's Sean Payton next year. <coughs> I, I mean, it, 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 it to me it's that obvious. Yeah, it it makes 
it's one of those stories that just makes too much sense to where you almost second guess how much sense it makes. What but would it take? That's so, the easy. That's the easy well, thing to I guess mean, right David now. David Tepper could bit him up. You know, from, yeah, and, from Carolina. and Miami too, and right? Miami. So I mean, I, but I, New Orleans. I, I, either way, New Orleans still holds his rights. Is that correct? I believe so. So, what would it take for McCarthy to keep his job? Is it playoffs? Uh, a NFC seed, championship like, game. People are saying playoffs. I'm like, a seven seed's not good. NFC championship game. Yeah, I like there, seven seed. You can get in with a very lackluster season, especially top and bottom in, the in NFC. this NFC. Unless yeah. the NFC surprises us, I think. That seventh seed doesn't, in the NFC could be a bad team. Doesn't Sean Payton, though, seem like a guy that would almost take even a little bit less to coach the Dallas Cowboys over the Carolina Panthers? Well, From a prestige standpoint? Not just from the prestige standpoint, but he's got a house in Dallas. That's where he went during his suspension year. Uh, it's not yeah. just a prestige team. But he but doesn't just uh, seem like just home. a top-dollar type guy. Like He's going to make the decision See, that, I, where he wants to go. I think he's... If you want Sean Payton next, you're bid, You're not bidding against an NFL owner. You're bidding against a network, is my guess. Well, the other thing is, uh, Sean Payton had a lot of control in in uh, New Orleans, and he's ceding that control to Jerry and family in Dallas. That's the one reason not to go there. By the way, Dak Prescott was limited practice today due to an ankle injury. But he told reporters there's nothing to be worried about. Nothing to see here. This is the time the of crowd, year where quarterbacks disperse. just love to tell people there's nothing he, to worry about here. He nothing said that he wore a new pair of shoes and that caused discomfort. Note to sell. Wear old shoes. To Have practice. you seen Saban mic'd up at camp this year where no. he's complaining about his shoes that he received? He's like, can I get a pair of shoes that actually fit? Like, my feet are killing me. And I'm thinking... Go change yes. your shoes. Like literally, go in the training room and yeah, get a new I'm pair sure of shoes. Right behind you in that facility, there's every but your the whole, size. He needs and everything. Some brought to me. The whole yeah. thing was uh, about his shoes, and he he was actually joking around with the players. It was cool. I like whenever coaches are mic'd up like that, um, and you get to see them interact. But I was thinking, you're at Alabama. Uh, you're about to have a another renovation on the practice facility that doesn't need it. Yes, you can get new. I shoes. think Nike's providing some shoes <laughs> for you and your program. Last I checked. Doesn't look good for Nike when the coach doesn't like the shoes he's been given. We've got headlines coming up across the SEC and more. And when we return, one big thing on every NFL game to get you ready for week one. Beneath the surface information. Next on Outkick 360.